I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about the rise and fall of the blocks. So I'm going to talk all about where blocks came from and where blocks went. Um, okay, so let's go back to the beginning of Magic. Um, so back to 1993. So Magic comes out. Uh, then in the end of 1993, 1994, we start putting out expansions. Um, the early expansions were really just individual expansions that did individual things. There was no really cohesiveness to them per se. Um, they were just kind of bouncing around doing different things. So then uh, we put out Ice Age uh, in the summer of 1995. Um, Ice Age was very popular. People liked Ice Age. Then we put out Homelands. People did not like Homelands. Homelands did not go very well. Um, and then there was a gap of time before we put out alliances. And there was a lot of pressure riding on alliances. I've, I've had podcasts all about alliances. There was a lot of pressure. And so one of the things they were trying to do is figure out, okay, how can we um, maximize our chance that alliances will be popular? That was a big concern. Um, because they had seen that Ice Age was popular and that Homelands wasn't. Um, and that the team that was designing alliances was what we call the East Coast Playsafters. Scaff Elias, Jim Lynn, Dave Petty, Chris Page. And they were the same people that had done Ice Age. So they were trying to connect, like one of the things they were trying to do with alliances is like, okay, how can we make alliance, how can we say to people, alliances is like Ice Age, it's not like Homelands. And the idea they came up with is, well, what if we just said it was set in the same world? It was a continuation. Um, now, given when uh, they designed alliances, that wasn't really something they did. Um, all the, the, the connections, the through lines creatively, the reference to snow, all of that was added in after the fact. When, um, when the East Coast Playtesters designed alliances, they were just making another set. They weren't trying to make uh, a second Ice Age. That wasn't their intent. Um, but Wizards, in order to try to give alliances the best chance possible, um, really um, pushed hard to make this connection. Hold one second, I gotta get out of the way. Um, sorry, safety first. Um, so, Alliances was put out as kind of more Ice Age. And like I said, we added, like, for example, any reference whatsoever to snow-coveredness and there's not a lot of them. We added that in development. Um, the, the creative kind of gelling it together, that was done after the fact. Um, and so it came out, and it's, it sort of gave the year a little bit of a feel. Like, one of the problems early on that Magic was facing was that um, we were realizing that there were resource issues, you know, as we were trying to sort of explore new things, um, like, what happened was, okay, so we put out alliances, it's connected to Ice Age. So, then we get to Mirage. So, Mirage had been designed by a different group of, of playtefters, what I call the bridge, the bridge group playtefters, which Richard had met through a, a, a bridge club. And, um, uh, so we're talking about uh, Bill Rose, Charlie Catino, Joel Mick, Don Felice, uh, Elliot, Co uh, Elliot Siegel, um, Howard Kallenberg, the people who, who made uh, Mirage. So, it was originally called Menagerie. Um, but they had made enough that they actually had enough not just for a large set, but also for a small set. So they had designed enough for both Mirage and Visions. Um, and so the idea was pitched, well, what if 
we kind of do what we did with Ice Age, but just do that. Like, usually the idea was we'd put out a large set in the fall, uh, and then there would be two small sets that followed. We started to create a pattern that we wanted, which was one large set, two small sets. And then to give it some cohesiveness, like, okay, well, what if we just said these are all the same world? You know, that we're going to Jamora. Okay, what if all three sets, what if Mirage and Visions and Weatherlight all took place in Jamora? Now, Mirage and Visions already, like, they were designed to be, I mean, they basically made a set so big it had to be chopped up to fit. So, Mirage and Visions were already there. And the idea was, well, what if we just set Weatherlight in the same place? Now, Weatherlight was designed by a different group. It had a different theme, and it originally had a graveyard theme. Um, What if we just did that, and then we could call the year kind of a cohesiveness? It'd be the Mirage block. Um, And the Mirage block was the first block that was kind of planned, like, sort of sold as a block. Ice Age was kind of after the fact. Like, when Ice, when Ice Age came out, no one knew that Alliances was going to be sold as from Ice Age, that, that, you know, from Terciere. That wasn't what was the plan. That's the place, Ice Age place. Um, and so, Mirage was the first step. Like, okay, we're going to sell this, and we're going to, it's going to be a thing we're going to do. Um, so then, what was happening behind the scenes was, at the same time this was going on, Mike Ryan and I were pitching to the brand team this idea that Magic should have a continuing story. That magic really, up to that point, the stories were all self-contained. And we're like, what if we made a story that, you know, we had a regular cast of characters that went, that continued over time. And so we pitched the Weatherlight Saga. Uh, and they liked the idea. And they were so excited, in fact, that um, the last set in the Mirage block ended up becoming Weatherlight. And the idea was they wanted to get started with the story right away. So Michael and I came up with a way to do sort of a... a Prelog, um, and the idea there was we always knew the story was going to start with um, Sisei being kidnapped. Like, oh, what if we see Sisei being kidnapped, and Weatherlight's about them going to find Gerard and, and gathering together of the crew. Um, and the Weatherlight story really is them traveling around, not just Jamora, but but uh, larger um, Dominaria. And so, um, and one of the things that Michael and I felt really strong about, especially me. I mean, Michael I agreed with me, but one thing I was really pushing is. I just like the fact that magic was about planeswalkers that you, know, you could go to all these new worlds and we always stayed on the same world. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it, we're in charge of the story. We're going somewhere else. And we invented the plane of wrath. Uh, it's like, okay, we're going to wrath. So then Tempest Block, the idea was we were going to tell the story. And then the idea was not only would the block um, be on a singular plane, which would be wrath, but it also would tell a story that sort of... Um, Fell within the context. So, like, the, the idea we liked is the block would be a self contained story, but the story would get continued. You know, this is a story of the Weatherlight crew on Tempest. You know, they'd have some problems and overcome some things on Wrath. And then at the end of the story, it would continue on to another place. Originally, we were supposed to go to Mercadia. And, um, you know, each block would be its own connected story, same group of characters, but its own story. And that there'd be different, you know, antagonists and stuff as we do different blocks. So we made the Tempest block. Then, uh, one day I'll tell this story. But uh, the story got taken away from us in the middle of Tempest block. So Urza Saga block, um, originally when we, when we had pitched it, uh, we had pitched a three-year, three-year arc. Uh, the first block was supposed to be Wrath. Second block was supposed to be Mercadia. Third block was back in Dominaria in the way we did it. But... Uh, when the story got taken away from us, they decided that they wanted to connect it to the earlier magic story more than we had. 
Um, our version had the Frexians in it, so ours was somewhat connected, but they wanted to tie Urza into it in, in company, and that was not a part of the original plan. So Urza Saga became this prequel where we went back in time. Um, and Urza Saga didn't, didn't follow the single plane rule quite as well as, as some other blocks have. It bounced around a bit. Um, the majority of it took place on Dominaria, so you could think Urza Saga is mostly being Dominaria. Um, but there, Sarah's realm and a little bit of Frexia, and I mean, there, there are some other places visited there. Um, and so, okay, so then we get to uh, Mercadian Masks. Uh, the, even more so, Mercadian Masks, like, there's no, there's not a great cohesiveness to Mercadian Masks. Mercadian Masks, the Mercadian Mask set was on Mercadia. Um, Nemesis was on uh, was on Wrath, and then uh, Prophecy was on Dominaria, just jumping around. Um, so when we got to Invasion, um, Invasion, one of the things, so Bill Rose had become the head designer, uh, and Bill really liked the idea of doing a multicolor theme. Um, Barry Reich, who was the first person to ever play Magic with Richard, who was one of the early playtesters, had made a set called Spectral Chaos, that its theme had been multicolor. And while Bill wanted to go to some different directions than Spectral Chaos did, he did like that theme. Um, and then the idea that we really played up with is, what if the block not only was set in a one locale and had one story it was telling, but it had one mechanical through line? Uh, and so Invasion was our first sort of block that wasn't just set in one world, wasn't just set with one story, but it really had a singular theme, which was multicolor. Um, and the other thing that happened on that block is, originally the plan was to have all 10 color combinations in Invasion, uh, and Henry Stern and I went to Bill and said, look, here's a cool idea. What if we don't do the enemy color stuff up front? What if we hold back on it, do ally stuff in the, in the first set, ally stuff in the second set, so Invasion and um, plane, sh uh, plane Shift, um, and then in the third set, Apocalypse, then we do enemy colors, that we sort of save it. Um, and we convinced Bill to do this, and that, uh, and then Apocalypse, people really liked Apocalypse, and it really made us think a little bit of, maybe we can, the, the third, the problem we had started running into was the third set problem, where the third set, like, by the time you got to the third set, it, you know, it wasn't quite as exciting. Um, the other thing that had started happening in the way we built sets was, um, we weren't really planning them out yet quite as much. Um, Apocalypse is the first time we did any real planning. Mostly it was, we'd have two mechanics. So, for example, in Mirage, it was flanking and phasing. In Tempest, it was shadow and a buyback. In Urza Saga, it was echo and cycling. Um, I remember Kaden Mass didn't really, I mean, uh, didn't, re didn't really have named mechanics. I mean, it was um, spell shapers and it was uh, rebels and mercenaries, but... Neither were labeled, so people weren't really aware of that. Um, anyway, and the way we tended to make blocks back then is we'd make the first set, and usually we'd leave a little bit of evolution of the main mechanics to let them play around with. Oh, we'll do flashback, but we'll just do normal mana cost, and you guys can mess around with other stuff. Um, and then as the block went along, they would evolve it. But really all we did is we designed stuff and then just said, well, make things we didn't make. And then each set would kind of build off what came before, but there was no really planning of it, per se. Apocalypse the first time where we even withheld something. Like, the third set's going to be this thing, so we'll hold back on it. Um, so next came Odyssey, and now we were, in the, we were in the world of 
themed blocks, mechanically themed blocks. So um, that was the Odyssey was the graveyard block, and so we had two mechanics, uh, flashback and threshold, that were two mechanics, but they were flavored to the theme of the set. That they weren't just two mechanics that were what you know. If you look at the early mechanics, what is flinking and phasing have to do with each other? Nothing. Um, you know, and now it's like, okay, it's a graveyard set. These are graveyard mechanics. And so there was a theme that came through that connected it. Um, and that was, you know, we, we were starting to get in that rhythm of, okay, the block has this strong cohesiveness to it. Um, then after um, Odyssey came Onslaught. Uh, and Onslaught ended up being a tribal set. Um, it didn't quite start that way, but... By the time we actually finished it, it was a tribal set, really pushing a tribal theme. Now, the third set in that block, um, Scourge, so it was um, Onslaught, Legion, Scourge. Uh, Legion did this quirky thing where it had all creatures, and then Scourge did this sort of deviate a little bit and did this dragon theme that, okay, it was a tribal theme, but none of the previous two sets had really done much with dragons, per se. I mean, there was a few dragons, but... Um, and we started to see this thing where the third set started to sort of just deviate a little bit from what had gone on before. Um, so after Onslaught, we get to Mirrodin. So Mirrodin, artifact theme. It's an artifact theme block. Um, but one of the problems we got into with Mirrodin was we kind of developmentally made some mistakes. And by the time we got to the third set, we couldn't do what we had done in the first two sets. Um, or, or not, I mean... We did have a little bit of infinity. You know, we had a little bit of the mechanics, but we really toned them down. And then we ended up having to do like a, a, a stark turn in the third set, which Fifth Dawn had this multicolored theme that really had not been showing up before. And the fact you can tell that we hadn't planned it from the first set was we didn't have the color fix. We did put the color fixing in the second set because we realized it early enough to be able to do that. But we didn't, like, the original Mirrodin would have had more color fixing if we knew where we were going with Fifth Dawn which we didn't at the time. Okay, after Mirrodin was Champs of Kamigawa. So this is Bill coming up with an idea. He says, okay, we've done mechanical themes, multicolor, graveyard, tribal, artifacts. Okay, let's do something a little bit different. Let's do a themed, let's do, instead of the theme being mechanical, what if it was flavor? And so it became the first top-down block. Uh, And the idea was, okay, we're going to do a Japanese-themed block and the idea at the time was um, Bill let the creative do all this work building the world, and the idea was we would match the creative to the world. Now, as we learned, I mean, anytime you do something for the first time, in order to make mechanics and flavor work, there's a lot of back and forth that has to happen. The problem with letting creative do most of the work up front and then trying to do mechanics is mechanics just aren't as flexible as, um, as flavor, and so you get... If you look at champions, it was very ham-fisted. Like, all the samurais have this ability. All the snake folk have this ability. All the moon folk have this ability. It's very kind of ham-fisted. And it ended up making a... We ended up with a very parasitic set. And I think part of that was the nature of trying to match to the world. Again, you'll notice that Saviors come Kamigawa... So it was... um. Champs of Kamigawa, Betrayers of Kamigawa, Saviors of Kamigawa. Saviors, once again, had a theme where it went a little sideways from the normal theme. It had a hand-sized matter theme that really hadn't been in the rest of the block. Um, and part of this was is rec- recognizing that we needed to jazz up the third set a little bit, that people were getting a little tired by the third set, and that's a problem we've been trying to solve. 
Okay, so after um, Champions of Kamigawa was Ravnica. So an important thing happened during Champions of Kamigawa. So Bill Rose had been the head designer uh, starting with Invasion. Well, starting with Ravnica Black, basically, I became the head designer. And so one of my big initiatives was I wanted to be doing block planning. I wanted us up front, you know, really inspired by kind of what had gone on during Invasion of, I want, what I said is, look, we should know when building the set for the fall what the other two sets are doing, what identity they have, and map it all out. And part of what I wanted to do by do block planning is I wanted each set to have its own identity. So they all, part of what block planning allowed us was to make each set have its own identity yet feel like it fit in the larger context. Um, so for example, we came up with the idea of doing the guilds. We wanted to do a multicolor, not be invasion. We wanted to do two color. And um, when I, I, I said to Brady that I wanted 10 two color pairs, Brady came back with the idea of the guilds. I then embraced the guilds and came up with the idea of the block plan was, okay, we're gonna do four guilds, three guilds, three guilds. Now that, I mean, to show sort of block plan, it's like, you know, once you do the first set, like the second and the third set are, are kind of carved in stone what they're going to be. You know, you can't do four of the four of the ten guilds and then not do the other guilds. And so we really sort of started down this path of okay, the blocks. Not only do the blocks, okay, they have they're in a singular place. They tell a singular story that's part of a larger story. Um, they have a, a mechanical theme, and they now have a structure where each set will have its own identity. So um, I called Ravnica the pie method meaning that you had a pie that you cut up. And so the idea was you just didn't get all of it until you got through all three sets. That the sets were, were delineated because each had a part of the whole. Then for Time Spiral, I experimented with a different way, to, to, and that was a thematic connection. So it was a time-based block, and then the idea was time and nostalgia-based block, and the idea was that we would do past, present, and future. And so the first set was a past, uh, and each set we had this time-shifted sheet, so it was, it was cards repeated from the past in the old frame. Then we had the present, which we did this alternate reality present, we messed with the color pie, which, looking back, might have been a mistake, but we, it was really, this, like, what if magic was, had been done differently and had this alternate present sort of feel? And the future side was the future, where we were peeking into the future. And, and, and oh, the bonus sheet of Planar Chaos was, here are cards in an alternate reality that are car- classic cards you know, but in a different color. Wrath of God, but it's black. It's damnation. Um, and then um, Future Sight, we saw cards from the future in which things we had never done before that one day we would do. And many of those cards you have seen in the future. Um, okay, so we did that. Uh, then after um, Time Spiral was Lorwyn. So what happened in Lorwyn was during Ravnica block, we had ended up making a set during the summer called Cold Snap, which ended up being the, the missing set from the Ice Age block was the, the theme of it. Um, but it was kind of disconnected from everything. It, it didn't sell as well as we'd hoped. Um, and so what I said to Bill, is I said, Bill, if we want to do a fourth set, talk to me, I'll incorporate it. I'll make it feel like it's part of... of uh, Cold Snap felt very disconnected from everything. I go, let, let me, give me a chance, I will make it feel integrated. So Bill came to me and said, okay, we're doing a four set. What do you, yeah, make it integrated. So I came back with the idea of what if we went to a world that fundamentally changed and that 
the four sets will be chopped up into two mini blocks. That there'd be a large and small set, then a second large and small set. Um, and the reason I did that was I wanted to use the four sets in a way that it felt mirrored. Um, and so that required us to make a large set in the spring, which we had never done before. The large sets had always been, um, I mean, barring the early years where they were in the summer, uh, the large sets had always been the fall, especially once we had blocks, they'd always been in the fall. Uh, and so I was pitching a very different block idea. Uh, really, the, the lower one was like, okay, it's us kind of experimenting with blocks and saying, well, what if we did blocks a little bit differently? Wasn't, instead of large, small, small, we went large, small, large, small. Um, and the idea was that Lorwyn had a theme, Lorwyn Block had a theme, which was tribal, Shadowmore Block, Mini Block had a theme, which was um, hybrid, but they were designed so that each one played nicely with the other. Um, and Shadowmore did very well, especially for a spring set, partially because it was a large set, um, and really introduced the idea that, you know what, we aren't tied necessarily to sets, like sets could be big, Sets that normally were small maybe could be big. Um, so then after uh, Lorwyn was Shards of Alara. So that's us going back to uh, Large, Small, Small. Uh, that whole block was defined by... Bill had come up with an idea that he wanted the first set to be three-color and he wanted the last set to be all gold. So we ended up getting this three-five-two sort of theme. Uh, and there was a sort of mechanical connection. So each set had its own identity, once again. Part of block planning was they had a, like it was a it was a gold year, but there was a progression to what was going on. Um, after Lorwyn, not Lorwyn, after Shards of Alara was Zendikar. Um, so with Zendikar, we played around the idea of what if it goes large, small, and the last set is large. And the idea we played with that year is let, let's just make the large set its complete own thing. We had originally talked about it being a completely different plane, but the creative team didn't have the resources to do that. So they came up with a reason why we'd stay on the same plane, but something fundamental would happen to the world so that it made sense that the mechanics would change. And that was the release of the Eldrazi. So Rise of the Eldrazi you know, was its own set that had its own play pattern, its own mechanics. It was, while it took place on Innistrad, it had mechanically nothing to do, or very, very little to do with Innistrad. Some of the creature types and stuff stayed. Um, some of the creative backdrop stayed, but, but the mechanics completely changed. Um, and the lesson we had learned from that was that it was a little bit too disconnected. Okay, so the next year after um, uh, with Scars of Mirrodin, so that block we tried something a little different. Um, I was really into the idea of using the blocks not just to have a mechanical theme, but a tonal theme. Uh, and Scars of Mirrodin was the reintroduction of the Phyrexians. I really wanted the Phyrexians to be something that scared people. Like, we were reintroducing them, and I wanted... Like, they were one of the big bads. In fact, the first big bad of magic. And I really wanted to reintroduce them in a really powerful, scary way. Uh, and we came up with this idea of using the block structure itself as a gimmick to make the set do something different. And what had happened was, we're back on Mirrodin, the Phyrexians are here, there's a giant war in the middle set, Mirrodin Siege, and then the third set... We didn't know the outcome. In fact, it could be one of two different sets. It could be Mirrodin Pure, that Mirrodin wins, or New Phyrexia, New Phyrexia, if Phyrexia wins. And the audience didn't know what it was going to be. We actually advertised both sets. You didn't know. It ended up being New Phyrexia, obviously. Um, and the New Phyrexia, we ended up making a little bit bigger than a normal set. It wasn't as large as the spring large sets had been, but it was kind of a medium-sized set, something different that we had introduced. Okay, so after that, 
we get to Innistrad. So Innistrad was another experiment. We wanted to do large, small, large. Uh, and, and the idea, again, was this large will be in a completely different place, a different plane. In fact, originally, uh, large, small, large, the last large set was going to be Innistrad. Uh, we ended up moving it up and ended up giving Innistrad and Dark Ascension. And then we did the same thing because of resources is, okay, we had a major event happen, which was the breaking open of the Hell Vault. And then the last set, um, it was connected to the world, but the release of, of, um, of the angels and Avacyn, you know, the, instead of being a dark world, it got to be a brighter world. Um, and that time we had a little bit of overlap on dying carried through. There's some more tribal stuff that carried through. It was its own large set. It had its own mechanics. It was drafted by itself, but there was a little bit more co- connectivity between them. Okay. After that, we then get to return to Ravnica. Um, and return to Ravnica, we realized that the 433 model wasn't what we wanted. Um, and so we decided to do something a little different, uh, to do a 5-5-10 model, which meant five guilds, five guilds, then 10 guilds. The problem was we couldn't do five guilds and five guilds if the second set was a small set. So I, I went and pitched a bill. I said, what if the first two sets were both large? You know, we've done large, small, large before. What if we went large, large, small? Uh, and we tried that. It was a giant success. Gate Crash was the best-selling winner set we'd ever done. Um, and so it really introduced the idea of we really can mix up in, in how we play around with our, with our sets. We then went to Theros. Theros went back to the traditional large, small, small. Uh, we had struggling. The third set, once again, was really su- suffering from the third set problem of just the audience is getting tired by the third set, and it's hard. I, I, in, in Theros, I saved... I had a whole theme, this enchantment theme, that I didn't do in the first two sets. So the third set kind of a theme, I know the players really wanted. And the response from the players, even then, was, you should have just given this earlier. Why did you, you make us wait for it? Um, so the next set was Kanzatarkir. Kanzatarkir, once again, we were doing large, small, large, and I was, I was experimenting again. I wanted to try something different. So we built the set around a weird drafting thing, where the first set was drafted by itself, then with the small set, the middle set, then the middle set was drafted with the large set, the second large set, but not the first one. And we came up with this whole time travel theme. It's an alternate timeline. That's why the middle set, which is the past, works with either of the timelines, but not both. Um, and really, we sort of cemented the idea that we could, we could do different kinds of things. Um, and then after Kanza Tarkir, we came to the conclusion that the third set was just causing us too many problems. And... We, we had sort of beefed up our creative team. What if instead of making one world a year, what if we did two? What if we did two blocks a year? And so then we shifted the blocks from being quite as long. So instead of one long block in a year, we had two shorter blocks. Um, in order to make this fit, we got rid of the core set. Um, and so we had large, small, large, small. Really, we used Shadowmore as kind of the template. I mean, you know, um, Lorwyn Shadowmore block is the template. Um, I mean, those two worlds have been connected. Lorwyn and Shadowmore are the same world. Uh, but the idea is we could just go to different worlds. Uh, and so we went to Zendikar for Battle of Zendikar. We went to Innistrad for Shadows over Innistrad. We went to Kaladesh. We went to Amonkhet. We went to Ixalan. Um, and so we went around and we tried a lot of this. And, you know, we, we tried very hard to make sure that the second set had a unique theme to it. Um, the Battle for Zendikar, there was a war. It's the gathering of the Gatewatch in the small set. Uh, in Shadowmore, I mean, in Shadows of Innistrad, you know, we see this mystery set, and then we have the, this, um, 
uh, sort of you learn about Emmercool in the second set. Uh, Kaladesh, we sort of come and see Chandra's hometown, and it's this weird, you know, uh, sort of advanced technology, sort of steampunky Indian kind of world. And then the second set was a revolution as, as there's this big fight. And then Omnicat, we come and meet this strange place that Bolas had kind of built. And then everything falls apart in the second set. You know, we, we kept trying to have the second set be, be a shift that added something. Um, and finally, uh, we came to the realization that the, the second sets, like, we had gotten rid of the third set because we thought we had a third set problem. And we're like, you know what? Maybe the issue is just small sets altogether. You know, we did some research and found that what players liked best was drafting all of the same large set. So we sort of asked ourselves, okay, maybe the idea of having, like, we had built up the creative team such that we weren't, like, a lot of the early limitations of some of the block was, look, we have only so many creative resources, let's stay in the same place so we can reuse those resources. We had built up the team, we were able to do two worlds a year, we actually asked the question, could we do three worlds a year? Um, and the idea that we came up with was, well, what if we, like, small sets were causing all sorts of problems, and we're like, okay, what if we did away with small sets? Um, the problem was doing four large sets was just too many sets. But that's when we realized that maybe um, we had taken away the core set, and the core set um, has issues. Uh, there are definitely things, it went away for reasons, but we realized when we tried to replace the core set that nothing we were using to replace it did as good a job as the core set of kind of being this introductory thing that helped people get into, into the tabletop version of the game. Um, and so we decided that we needed to bring the core set back and said, okay, well, we want the core set back. And in order to make the core set, um, you know, that meant that we could do three large sets because three large sets plus a core set was the right number of cards that we could do a year because the core set had a lot of reprints. Um, and so we, we signed up for that. And so starting with Dominaria, we just did single large sets that were drafted alone. Um, now, the interesting thing about that was that we had already planned... Um, so the original plan was um, Dominaria was going to have a large set and a small set, just like Ixalan said before it. And then um, we were going to do two large sets... Well, oh, I'm sorry. Um, the, we wanted to go back to Ravnica because uh, we had this big finale to our story we wanted to tell uh, in War of the Spark. And we realized that we, we felt like we couldn't go back to back to um, Ravnica and not have guilds. Like, in order to tell our final story, to do, it, to an, to do an event block is what we, we wanted to refer to it as at the time, um, we wanted to have the resources to be able to not be... Like, we didn't want to have to worry about the guilds and filling all the needs of the guilds. So, like, okay, what if first we go back and see the guilds, do a traditional guild block, um, and then, when we're done, we go and we tell the story. So the idea was... Dominaria would be large and small. Uh, Soup and salad with playlist names. Um, and then Spaghetti Meatballs, which was uh, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions, was going to be two large sets because we needed two large sets to make the guild structure work. And we make it just like we did Return of Ravnica Gatecrash, just no Dragon's Maze. Uh, and then we were going to do a large, small set telling the final story. War of the Spark was going to be a milk and cookies. A large set, then a small set. Um, and what we realized was, when we were looking at Dominaria... We realized that essentially, um, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance, while technically being put in a block, was 
a lot like what we were talking about of the new system is let's just make large sets. Let's go to worlds where we want to go to worlds. If we want to stay in a world, we can stay in a world. You know, it's up to us that we're no longer how long we stay in a world is not defined by how long the block is. It's just how many sets in a row do you want to stay in the world? If there's a reason to stay on there for more than one, we do. If there's not, you, you can just be there once. Um, and once we realized that guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions essentially were their own large sets you drafted by themselves, that's when we realized that we could just start it with Dominaria and not do the small set in Dominaria. Um, that also meant that War of the Spark, which originally was a large set and a small set, got sucked into being a single large set, and the, the small set turned into the core set. Um, and one of the things that's really interesting is um, it's funny that, we, okay, we're going to move away where we spend the whole year in the same place, and the very first thing we do is spend the whole year in the same place. And I know a lot of people really wanted to go, isn't this just the third Ravnica block where on Ravnica, and then we're still in Ravnica, and then we're still in Ravnica. Um, it is in some way, I, I admit, it is in some ways. I mean, um, obviously there's a sustained storyline, um, although the sustained storyline's been going on for years, so, um, you know, the original Ravnica has its own story, and you know, the Guilds of Ravnica Rebel Legions have their own story, and Warstruck obviously has its own story. Um, but... They are, there's a connective tissue there. They're all, they are all in the same place. Uh, mechanically, they're completely different. Um, what is going, each set has mechanics that do not show up in the other, in the other um, things. I mean, there are, the one thing about doing guild sets is there is a tie between Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions. There are cycles that run between them and the nature of how we do Ravnica sets. So those sets, in a lot of ways, are more of a block than War of the Spark is. As you'll see with War of the Spark, War of the Spark is really... It's its own thing. It's built as its own own set. It is not... I mean, it is on Ravnica, and there's there's some influences of Ravnica on it. There's definitely some flavor there. But it's not in any way mechanically built as if it's Ravnica, you know, part three in any way. It's not a third guild set. It's not a guild set at all. Um, doesn't mean the guilds don't show up, and it doesn't mean that, you know, it takes place on Ravnica, and the Ravnican guilds are part of the story. Um, but it's not in any way a traditional... In any way a traditional Ravnican set. Um... One of the things that we're playing around with uh, is the idea that um, it's not... Oh, oh, most of our sets are sort of meant to show off an environment, and this is meant to show off a story. Not that there weren't stories in our environments, but that wasn't the focus of the design. Where this design, it wasn't the world that we built around, it was the story we built around, in a way that we really haven't. When we get to War of the Spark, I promise, we'll, uh, I'll get there. Um, so the interesting thing, uh, as you look at this whole story, is... Magic started in a place where it was every world was kind of different, um, and then we sort of gravitated toward more consistency. And then over time, it's funny we, in some ways, have come full circle in that we're back to a world where s- sets are more stand apartish than they once were. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the story ties together, and there there are um, we spent one of the things we do now that we didn't really do back then, nearly to the extent we do now, is. We build synergies between our sets where we are aware of what we're doing and we weave in things so that set A and set B that are back-to-back, even though they might take place in separate worlds and be drafted independent of one another, there are mechanical um, synergies woven in so that the sets next to each other will play nicely. Uh, and that is something that we uh, something we do now. So there is... While blocks as we know them are kind of gone... There still is a lot of the synergy, like a lot of what we used to do in a block to tie the block together. Um, there, we were tying together through 
like the same mechanics. Um, you know, the early blocks, the way they were mechanically connected is they had the same mechanical theme, so clearly they're mechanically connected. Nowadays, the way we connect our years are a little bit different. Um, one of the things you'll be seeing, for example, and, and like I have to be vague right now, but there are definitely, you'll, you'll see us playing around with using new tools to make connected tissues of the year's worth of sets. Um, it is not, in some ways, the old block system was a, was a little more blunt and some of our new tools are a little less blunt, but um, we are definitely doing some things to make sure there's some, there's some cohesiveness. So while blocks are sort of no longer thing per se, that doesn't mean that we are not thinking about our sets in, in larger contexts. And that very much, I do think about the fall and the winter and the spring set uh, in conjunction with each other. As, as the guy who, who plans this stuff, um, it is carefully thought out. There's a lot of, we, we and not, it's not just me working in it. We work with set design and play design. Like one of the things that we actually work on now is trying to make sure that what we're doing can be, you know, balanced well and develop well and that we're making synergies that can, we can build up and pay off. And then, we're, you know, we're, we do a lot of work to make sure that what we are doing is setting ourselves up to give ourselves the right tools to then build really clean, balanced environments. And so while old school blocks are a thing of the past, um, a lot of what blocks represented really aren't gone. A lot of the planning, um, a block being gone doesn't mean we don't plan anymore. In fact, we plan more than we ever did. Uh, it just means that we have, um, we have the abilities and the capabilities to sort of do more and different stuff. Uh, and that one of the things we've found is that the players really enjoy, that there's something really fun about going off and exploring a brand new, I mean, when I say a new world, I don't, it could be a return, but it's, it's fun sort of bouncing around the multiverse, if you will. And so, um, you know, we are staying on Ravnica for a full year, but that, that is going to be the exception, not the rule. Uh, as you see moving forward, we'll be bouncing around a bunch and uh, th- revisiting old worlds and going to new worlds and, and doing all sorts of cool things. So... For those, uh, I, I can't tell you what's coming just yet, but uh, exciting things are on their way. So anyway, on this little uh, look back on the blocks, um, as somebody who was here when blocks started uh, and was very involved in a lot of those early decisions and obviously was involved all the way through, um, you know, from adding in the story component to uh, changing planes to adding mechanical themes, to doing block planning, to adding tonal themes, to experimenting with the structures, to shrinking the structure, to just abandoning the structure. I was there for all of that. So um, it's funny. I mean, this is it, this is one of the ones where I look back. This is kind of like um, like when my daughter graduated uh, from high school. That you know, we sat around and started talking about all the stories of her growing up. Uh, and I feel in some ways this is like. Uh, block story as block grew up and uh and it graduated and then didn't have to be a block necessarily anymore and went on to bigger and better things so um one of the things that i I, i'm going to work on is uh we use the word block to mean some stuff and that because some meaning of block has gone away but others hasn't it's weird and that I, i would like to have a name for example of a year's worth of stuff but it's odd to call it a block in the sense that, that there's other connotations when you say block. So I really need to get some terminology of what kind of uh, that unit of time is. 
because that is something we think about. Um, so anyway, I am trying to. I, I, when I get the vocabulary, I will share it with all of you. Um, but I, I do want to say that in some ways, while the blocks as we know them are gone, in many ways, blocks have just matured. They graduated, and they are. In, in some ways, the way we structure things, it, it, the block always represented how we structure things. We still structure things. We still connect things. A lot of the the block, in some ways, isn't really gone as much as it's metamorphed into something different. Um, and that, you know, uh, as we move forward, I will share that with you. And there's a lot of one of the things. I mean, I live two years ahead. I'm very excited. You know, two years from now, when we get to look back a little bit and talk about some of the early post-block years of sort of how we did things and how we designed things. There's a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, we're not quite there yet, so I can't talk about it yet. Uh, but I do sort of want to say as we, as I end the story of the blocks, uh, this, isn't, this isn't like a, a, a funeral or anything. Um, the, the essence of the blocks isn't really gone. It's just kind of changed into something a little bit different. So moving forward, I will have other podcasts where I talk about that when I, we get far enough that I can start discussing it. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the walk through the blocks today from the creation of the blocks to sort of them uh, sunsetting away. Um, but I am now at work. So we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.